0: Hello, you're listening to Film Graves. I'm Emmett. I'm Sam. We are from the band Phil Graves and we are joined today by an absolute podcasting legend and (laughs) a real comrade. What's up Jack? How are you? I'm good, thank you. How, How are you doing? Really, really good. Really looking forward to talking about the best films of
1: 2019. 100% really really glad to be on on Film Grays. Oh, uh, um, I'm, I'm so happy to be on here I love the show and you know these guys. Thanks, <laughs> thanks
0: man that's very enough. and Phil Graves the accidental namesake. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah Jack is the owner of the Real Politic podcast brand yeah the CEO the CFO <laughs> host etc etc. One of my favorite podcasts in the world not Necessarily a film podcast. Uh, I feel like you and all you lot talk about all manner of stuff, including Neil Young sometimes.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, you you've kind of become our correspondent a on all those episodes. Neilologist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why well, you're a Gapesologist. I am. I am.
0: I'm on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. But um, you really killed it. There's been a lot of really great real politic episodes. I've really enjoyed listening to. It kept me sane during the
1: election sometimes oh thank you I wish wish it could have done the same for myself you know we, oh we, we fucking <laughs> forgot
0: to talk about it we were me and Sam were talking about trying to make Film Gray's this like podcast that exists in like a parallel universe where like Labour just won the election so That's like the well. CIA little little, man. sorry <laughs> yeah.
1: so the CIA are currently launching an intervention against Jeremy Corbyn's democratically elected government yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> the Jersey
2: <laughs> missile crisis yeah. wow wow yeah.
0: anyway anyway <laughs> thanks very much for joining us on the show everyone to really listen to real politics is brilliant i'm a huge fan um, and it's really sick that you've joined us we're going to talk about 2019 in cinema absolutely at the cinema yeah at the mm-hmm. desktop at the uh, <laughs> at the iWatch. I mean, yeah, we're gonna be yeah. we're gonna be on cinema. Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. certainly are.
2: Yeah, we're going for top fives. I think is. Uh, I mean, could have been top tens, but so 2019
0: has been fun for film. Uh, yeah. Had was... a lot of good times. Shout yeah. out Mubi go because that was actually a real groundbreaking development in my cinema attendance, especially since losing the BFI under 26 discount. I was like, I'm never going to the cinema again. Well, the cinema, loads. Hey.
2: Yeah, and a lot of the the best and worst films we've seen this year have been courtesy of movie. So, thanks. True say I,
1: I, I'm sadly not a, a movie subscriber, so um, I think I've seen a, a small handful of films in the cinema this year. Um, in Fabric, I you know I mm. really loved uh, mm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was a big fan of uh, Joker. I, you know, I had I had fun at the cinema.
0: Very moving cinema experience for me, Joker. Actually,
1: kind of, yeah, kind of jokes I thought in a, in a lot of ways, but we can, you know, maybe. <laughs> I thought it was
0: really, really, really sad. <laughs> it, no, it, it it
1: was, but I was also like at many points the only person laughing in the cinema. Right. Okay. Because
2: yeah, I was like, it's just got this sign like.
1: Kill the rich, like fuck
2: Wayne. Yeah, the class analysis in that film is truly one-dimensional. <laughs> I feel like it is. I think it's still
1: like yeah. better than most films of of its ilk in that regard, though. I think this is a
0: bit of a trend in twenty nineteen cinema that would be a cool thing to posit to you. I know you haven't seen Knives Out, but um, I've been impressed by the degree of like class consciousness in mainstream
1: hollywood interesting blockbuster films such as the joker and knives out i was just saying like from a good director i might be disappointed from, from todd phillips like yeah keep doing this man it's, it's, it's this is cool yeah um, over three. Yeah. um <clears throat> and the other the i think maybe there was something else like hopefully i saw another like art film that i'm just forgetting at some mm-hmm. point or something but i also saw it chapter two at the cinema which is a Fucking like horrific piece of shit, just like absolutely criminal, like awful, overlong, manipulative, like exploitative piece of crap, and just lame as well. Just lame. Did you see? Did you see
0: Pet cemetery <laughs> Nah.
1: nah <laughs> I, have not seen no, I didn't. Films. I don't know. I mean, I quite I, I like a good Stephen King pot boiler, like in mm. the cinema. I used to. Um, chapter one
2: them. was uh, was good, I thought, like, but I didn't see the second yeah, one. Yeah, chapter one was I know, fine. It's, like, it's very swollen or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, I just kind of wanted to. I was just like, I, I just, you know, I want a, a pot boy, you know, I want a sort of horror genre film, you know, something that's not too challenging. I thought, like, if it's three hours long, well, maybe it will be kind of. Maybe they'll. Make use of this wide palette, but no, nah, it's just like they just literally spend an hour running around, running away from a clown, and then they're like, "You're a clown! You're a clown!" And he's like, "Oh, that's really offensive," and he dies. Wow! <laughs> <in and>
2: <laughs> Should we get the the countdown rolling? Let's go. Yeah. God, <laughs> A year a <clears throat> the year of the clown fl- The year of the
0: clown Did they ever resolve What happened with all those clowns That are getting like killed And shit And like da 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 And some people thought It was like promotional material For it And it was just some like <laughs> Weird like social virus In America For a few months Or whatever Do you remember that? No Do some research <laughs> Listeners and you guys too Yeah this is the Film Grays, 2019 Films of the Year Podcast Jack Jack Frayne Reed. Yes of the Real Politic podcast, Crazy Moose, New <laughs> Socialist, yes, Tim Peaks.
1: Yeah. The radio and- play, not the new uh, mixtape by the guy from The Charlatans, which is called Tim Peaks. Oh, <laughs> come on, man. I'd never like, I think he's rubbish. Bit kind of, I only like, you know, as Brit Rock goes, I like it, you know, pure oasis, you know. <laughs> they're, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I've always said they were like, Maybe my least favourite was like the big
0: big ones. Anyway. <laughs> edit. And Sundry Other wavy cultural enterprises. Thank you. What was your fifth favourite film? My for of twenty nineteen.
1: For my fifth favourite film and I think yeah, this is gonna be a really I feel like I'm gonna bring the conventional choices here and I'm gonna and and, and you guys I'm I'm, I'm expecting Big, big things <laughs> and, 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 and the, the variety. But um, I, my, my fifth one is Parasite, mm. which is the latest film by Bong Joon-ho, isn't it?
0: Bong. 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 Yeah. Bong.
1: I, keep, I, 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 I didn't... I, off the record, I wanted to make sure I didn't say Boon Jong-ho, as I have accidentally. Um, said it many times before. It. But, uh, <laughs> <absolutely> <laughs> it's one it's take. pretty easy we to remember. We're going to edit that one in. Yeah, it's pretty easy to remember, Bong. Like, Bong, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, 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 like like, okay. Um, yeah that, so yeah. it's the latest film by Bong Joon-ho. And uh, I'm, like, drawing a complete memory blank. Even though I've, like, watched almost all his films. What have his latest films been? Um Pong-cha. Okja, and before that, Snowpiercer, wasn't it?
0: Mother, which I haven't seen.
1: Oh yeah, okay. mother
0: with no exclamation mark.
1: So it's like he's been going back and forth between his native South Korea and doing these European uh, or American. It's photo such a classic,
0: like one for me, one for them, scenario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like
1: it really is. So this time, this was a. a you know, proper homegrown uh, South another weed thing. Uh, proper homegrown South Korean film, um, <laughs> like like Mother, and like Oxjaw was in collaboration with Netflix, wasn't mm, it? Yeah, and okay. uh, Snowpiercer was in collaboration with like I don't know, like loads of European companies or something. Uh, mostly European,
2: I think, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, like Memories of Murder and uh, The Host are probably the classic. Yeah, those Korean are great films. Really good like, like, films.
1: Especially Memories really? of Murder. The yeah, Host yes. is like a really good attempt to bring a Hollywood style blockbuster with a little bit of an anti-imperialist edge just in but it's like there's the US military base and they fuck everything up. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. always yeah. a little bit of interesting left politics in his films I find. Like Snow as you were, you guys were saying on I think your most recent episode, Snowpiercer, was an explicitly Marxist movie. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got all the different classes on this train. Yeah, in like a really bait way, yeah. but like a really... A high rise, a high rise yeah. on yeah. a horizontal plane or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: What is brilliant about Parasite... is not what's brilliant about it, because box office does not matter. <laughs> but what is kind of mad is that Parasite has been like unbelievably successful. Yeah. Like, like right. everywhere,
1: this like Marxist movie that's in Korean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: and it has some pretty. We want to... Sam. You haven't seen it.
2: No, because it here it was just at the film festivals. It's mm. a twenty twenty film. I suspect it will be on your twenty twenty list. I think yeah. you'll really love it. It's a yeah. Netflix film, as we. I believe it's coming out on Netflix. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? I think yeah, so. In I, February,
0: think it's, I think. He's, he's, it's, branded for life you know uh, that's so that.
1: jar and the netflix are like releasing films that i've already had the chance to pirate like come on release really? like really something <laughs> yeah. new that's not already on pirate Fuck's sake.
0: <laughs> yeah um but it's been a it's been really successful and it is a one for me or whatever even yeah. though it's like elegant storytelling it's very clear what it has to say the visual metaphors and like silent films this year i think have been really good for like having really memorable images and parasite is really really one of them like unforgettable sequences
1: well you were talking about like for some reason well probably because you know delayed reaction 10 years after the Mm. financial crash but class conscious movies are really resonating at the moment and this is like you know it's just as we were saying it's an extraordinarily kind of like anomalously successful film for what it is i think um, it's
0: uh, much like the labor manifesto of 2019 <laughs> like, telling telling a story that everyone knows is true or whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah the winning manifesto yeah absolutely but um that's my favorite book of 2019 by, <laughs> by the way i think it's the only 2019 book i've read to be honest but, but
1: um yeah it's <laughs> it's like um it's you know it's got some dark and fucked up stuff it it Mm. largely refrains from from anything i don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say like there there's some some elements of violence in it that are towards the end but before that there's not much of that and it's largely a comedy but it's like a dirty grimy comedy it's not like it's not set on a a train where they've got all the different stratas of class you know it's on the ground in in an urban air in yeah Mm. in a in the city is it what is it actually it's is in it in the, the city or is it
0: it's got to be some sort of nice suburb yeah suburbs you
1: know, kind of because it's,
0: cause it's cause they drive in and out of the city every day don't yeah because you've got, you've good, got this, really good driving sequences actually.
1: yeah yeah, yeah I, I, I mean I wish I had more like memories of it kind of visually in my mm. mind because it's been a few months since I watched it but it, it's like um, yeah this this family I'm trying to think what it reminded me of but it's this family, basically, who live in extreme poverty Mm. in this, like, ground level flat that's constantly getting flooded. Yeah. Uh, They plan a big old scam on this bourgeois family.
0: Have you seen Teorema by Pasolini? I have, yes. With Terrence Stamp.
1: Oh, yeah. So, shades of Teorema, yeah. This
0: really reminded me of that, in a way, in terms of just, like, we're gonna get these fucking bastards, you know, like... (laughs) And then... It's not quite like that in really interesting ways, and there's some yeah. like unforgettable lines of dialogue in this film that I was like, "Wow, I've never heard anyone express that before." But that's really mad, you know, like uh...
1: yeah, like twists and turns, like it's a comedy, but it's also a thriller, and there's you know, I'm just doing the like on the cinema thing of like li- <laughs> re- listing all the genres on Wikipedia. How
0: many bags of popcorn? Oh,
1: fucking five, man! It's, it's an excellent movie. Is it a
0: spiritual <laughs> sequel to The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey? I'm what? not. I. But, um, yes, it is, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've not Every seen f- any of all films. Every film is, no, 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 no. But, but early
1: um, Peter Jackson, excellent. Uh, the, the, brain,
0: the brain, the brain-eating brain with the... a...
1: What, Bad Taste? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, mm. and uh, Meet the Feebles. I haven't seen it, that's the puppet. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> yeah. film, the Nam flashback sequence.
0: Bong is a great filmmaker. <laughs> he absolutely is, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it wasn't on my list because I'd kind of consider it to be a 2020 film. I had some films on my list, like Can You Ever Forgive Me? Oh yeah, favorite.
1: Great, two great performances in that Can you forgive me? Yeah. Oh so mm.
0: good, so so good. Yeah. Um, the favorite. Well, uh, if Beale Street could talk, these were all ones that could have been in my list because they were, I guess, twenty nineteen. Yeah. UK cinema releases. But I love straddling that gap and asking that question. Well, thank you for bringing putting some <laughs> twenty twenty films long, right. because <laughs> you live in the future. Yeah, comrade. <laughs> yeah, as <It's laughs> far as I'm
2: concerned, no. yeah. Well done, guys, for being so extremely elliptical in your review. We of didn't that. give away shit. <laughs> I still have no idea what Parasite is about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still great that they're still making movies like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: when you got movies like Bong Joon Ho in them, you can't lose.
0: <laughs> um, Sam. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, number five.
2: Yeah, my number Sam's five. story
0: of the film Graves podcast and <laughs> Phil Graves the band.
2: Yeah, uh, my number five is MA It took me. A... I found it really hard, man. Mm. Uh, but
0: oh, dude, I know I spent the last six yeah. hours with you, like revising. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's been more complicated than the playlist for Blonded. It's been very elaborate. It's been things being hurled out the window, scraps being thrown over the shoulder, the sound of ripping. This this sound right here. Yeah, I heard a that little, a lot today. Going to uh,
1: mess with the aesthetic for the pictures, isn't it? I think it's
0: going to make it look more DIY, uh, punk, cool, yeah, and cool. true to the Phil Gray's
2: brand.
1: Put a burn hole in it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, my number five is *Us*, Jordan Peele's second feature-length uh. film, and I don't know. *Get Out* is like really like sort of perfect, self-contained. Mm-hmm story really well told um and performed other, Resonant as well they just released this um, like
0: really long book about get out yeah they just came yeah. out it's like 400 pages wow like,
1: i think yeah. the hype was justified with that one it's yeah. like it's one that holds up on rewatch yeah,
2: yeah yeah um but us i don't know i feel like maybe it sort of slipped from the popular imagination a little bit because it came out like Quite a while ago, it I know literally came out the
0: week like, after the Oscars. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, um, Tim Heidecker is in it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Elizabeth <laughs> Moss is in theater. it as well. Um, and I don't know, it's just like a really terrifying film. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. We were scared, talking man. about how um, I don't know, class consciousness has been like maybe a more prevalent strain in like cinema recently, and I felt like that this film, even though I don't know, I guess it's about race as well, but. I feel like its message is more universal than that, and like, I don't know, That's a bit where Lupita Nyong'o, who's like one of, I guess, it's like one of the performances of the year, and she's, what did she say, we're, we're America. It's like US or whatever,
0: or whatever. right, you know. yeah. It's like... yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, I don't know, and just like, iconographically, I oh, think shit. it's like, really sick. You just that? I just yeah. clocked it. How cool <laughs> is that? man? <laughs> <laughs> nah. It's um, like
1: some, uh, this is America <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah absolutely Mr. America um, US who is America exactly
2: but Us. I don't know it was just like a really interesting story about marginalisation and um, aesthetically I thought it was like really really sick like mm. the scissors the red outfits the performances like there are these dual performances because it's like alternate family turns up who they are like they play the
0: their, their ego
2: or whatever they yeah, play their, like, their, their ego. like shadow realm really? like versions mm. or whatever like really sick film it's a really yeah. good really potent horror yeah, yeah.
0: as a film but acting I really appreciated it because I mean as you say the performances were just wild I really I've said this to you so many times today like I really 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 want to watch it again because I saw it in the cinema and I was just shit scared and mm. maybe a bit too high and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like, freaked out but like <laughs> it's one of those films where it just like exists in my memories like Really memorable images and like lines of dialogue, so I want to like put it together again because I did kind of struggle with like it's not as clear as Get Out like what he's explicitly trying to say. Yeah, like, it wasn't I think to me, and that was a, meant, yeah, yeah like, that was a lot of the discussion the around it was, at the time.
1: It was toned down compared to Get Out, even though like all the stuff you said is there. Is there? Very...
0: I think it's trying to make a more abstract point. It like, is yeah. ambiguous. Or... Is it about like? the silent majority in scare quotes or whatever or like the proletariat or whatever like you can it's a rich metaphor and you can interpret it in a lot of ways and i think that's why it's going to be a uh, long-lasting work
2: mm, great like follow-up fli i mean he has like a hundred percent track record as far as i'm concerned mm. and, um, Peele, like to really it's keanu yeah.
1: didn't he yeah, I think that's a joke. That's such a funny movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had such a good time. <laughs>
0: it's a really good one to follow Parasite with, actually. It's a good companion piece.
1: Yeah, I just want to say, like, I feel for these movies that came out at least a lot of places earlier in the year because obviously it's a lot harder for them to get in into these lists than the immediate ones coming out around Oscar season. These critics have terrible memories. Yeah. Also, I mean, we're <laughs> going I to talk. Like we're going to
2: talk about films that didn't have cinematic releases here as well, yeah. which is yeah. like what is
0: a twenty nineteen like
2: film landscape
1: now? Like yeah. X-ray. Like you just watch what you can get your hands on, how, you know, whatever means necessary.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I if I was doing it's not in your list is it The Lighthouse
1: no I think but it didn't make it into the top 5 I
0: was going to say that would probably be my number 1 of 2019 in a way I haven't thought about it because I never considered it a 2019 film because it's coming out next year but I saw it 3 times in the cinema
1: yeah if you're <laughs> still thinking about it next year then you know then definitely That
0: The Lighthouse is like a 2035 film you know it's <laughs> so, <laughs> so far beyond so
1: radical yeah yeah it's a great movie maybe, maybe we can talk about it
0: yeah. Maybe you'll join us again next year and we can talk about The Lighthouse. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my fifth favourite film was uh, Blue Story, a film we mm-hmm. saw a week ago today, I believe. So maybe I still have the immediate reaction because it was an incredibly emotional, poetic, tragic, great film. It's debut featured by Rap Man, mm. uh, not Steve Albini's band between Big Black and. Uh, <laughs>
1: they were called they were called something else (laughs) 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 Oh, also did you I didn't realise he had a song about squirrels and that he played it during the election campaign when he was doing who Ratman Um, Shellac actually oh right okay not not the other band (laughs) but uh Shellac did some UK dates uh, recently during the election yeah Yeah. and apparently he played the squirrel song so I don't know if you'd heard of Joe Swinson uh, rumours wow
0: (laughs) wow well Steve even though you had a bad
1: fake news story about Joe (laughs) Swinson I don't know it's uh, just uh, like a load of people is it fake? well no a load of people on left Twitter as a joke circulated a story that Joe Swinson just like murders squirrels wow and then she had to deny it Yeah, she did. She did actually. She was like, This is very fake
2: news.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is not fake news is the. Well, the really interesting.
2: There is fake news surrounding this. There's a lot of fake news surrounding
1: the release of
0: Blue Star. Are you familiar, Jack?
2: I I have not heard of this film. Is it?
0: Okay, cool. Well, it's a. It's a debut feature. Ratman is like. uh, He's been really successful off making sort of. I guess it's like rap opera stuff where he's the narrator and it's like super dramatic storylines set in the real world I guess which is cool Um, a lot of sort of recognisable iconography for people who live in London I think okay Um, the opposite of the souvenir basically Um, and uh, it's super hard to describe I think but it's like a musical Blue Story is not a musical Blue Story is just a drama with like musical interludes although it's based off a YouTube series that wasn't musical and a story about like gang violence and like you know it's a classic sort of coming of age story tragedy like yeah two best friends like divided by like postcodes loyalties and how they get really tragically really sadly sucked into like like immersed sub succumb to an atmosphere of like really sad gang violence. Um but it's great, it's fucking great. And right. So it was banned by view because on the day it came out Shh. a screening of Frozen to like some kids in Birmingham brought like machetes to the cinema.
1: Fucking
2: hell. Yeah, this is such a mad story man. <clears throat> and then they like silently or they like tried they took it out of cinemas as a response to this because it's, like, a film about gang violence or whatever, or about knives. Yeah. Which is really not. It's pretty much Um, the most
0: anti-violent sort of, like, hood film. Oh, is it just like, oh, it depicts
1: this stuff, therefore it must be an endorsement?
2: And then they just, like, silently dropped it back into cinemas after, like, a pretty widespread um, media backlash against it. Although, like, you know, newspapers, like were very ready to put forward the sort of reactionary original take yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we we did see and in while we were fucking packed down and had bag checks when we went in there. Uh, I said
0: to the guy like, I've got, I've got beers in my uh, bag, but I do not plan to drink them in the cinema. And he's like, <laughs> That's fine, man. Don't <laughs> worry. I'm not looking for beers. And I was like, but view can be savage sometimes with the security. It was a really mad experience, but I think every like at the screening we were at everyone was responding to it in like really kind of uh the ways that you'd like to see people responding to films in cinema like all the time i think
2: um i think there were like very like organic emotional responses to it and that's a way
0: more eloquent way of what i was trying to say i hope you
2: do get a chance to see it though jack because it is a
0: really really great movie
1: i'll watch it man
2: oh yeah go
0: do your do your business
1: yeah
0: yeah it's but it glamorises that shit way less than even Mean Streets which is a deeply...
2: It's extremely critical of the lifestyle that it's representing and the mentalities in it and the um, wider sort of impact of of it as a phenomenon.
0: I said Joker was like the saddest film I saw this year but I don't think that's necessarily true because the kind of things that, this, the kind of things that are like themes in this film I mean there are certain themes that I think are so brilliant like or like ideas and like, elements like the scene where he watches he stays at home watching the in- intent on Netflix while his older brother is out actually like backing beef is like a crazy moment of intertextuality and it's not <laughs> the only one I think it's just like really illustrates how rich this film is but it's trauma breakdowns and support networks class politics it doesn't help me saying like the police restructuring absence in the film or whatever but like Oh they so are though like, They so are man And that's like All of these things are just like It's so impressive As a debut film mm-hmm. I really can't Begin to, I can't even I don't know where to start With how impressed I was With it as like A British debut feature Yeah
2: The thing I would One thing I'd say is like A lot of these like A lot of the time When there's a debut filmmaker They've made a lot of short films And it's like yeah. They're like You know I guess like Being played at like shitty festivals or, goes or like apart from like film people yeah. yeah but um Ratman like cut his teeth like making this content on YouTube like Shiro's story which is Blue's really original you love uh, Shiro's story I loved right? it yeah and um I don't know we can see like how he's like I don't know it's such like an assured date uh, it's such an assured film like because very sick yeah, yeah I think check it out I think
0: I've Please do, but I can't it could have been my number one. Right? Like, yeah. It was so good.
1: I loved it. I hope I don't download it and then police kicking down my
0: door. I will kick down your door for not <laughs> not supporting Rapman. <laughs> Rapman. <laughs> if I don't watch it, okay. Rapman.
1: Jack. <laughs> number four. Number four. Okay. Right. So I joked before we started recording, but my list is for. You might say I'm an old white guy. List. <laughs> Shout out Neil the God. Yeah, of course. That's uh, uh, a reference to a song on the latest Neil Young and Crazy Horse album, Colorado. And if you want to hear more about that, then listen to the latest Real Politics feature. So, um, <laughs> nice little plug opportunity there. But um, no, uh, basically, so yeah, my top 10, it featured a lot of like, you know, the old guys. And uh, it, it featured two. Martin Scorsese films alone. <laughs> yes. So, um,
0: he will be talked about later. Yeah, exactly. Both can, his films will be talked about later.
1: We can get to him later. But yeah, for four, once we narrowed it down to a top five, I was unable to pick between two films by veteran filmmakers. Admittedly, with about, let's say, what, 30 years age difference between I was, them? I was
0: about to say, like, one is twice as old as the other, but they both feel like they've been
2: making films for, like, absolutely... Years. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, both,
0: they both, to me, are, like... You could call them stale if they make a bad film or whatever. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Tarantino's first film came out the year that we were born. That I was born. And, Tarantino's uh, first like, film came out the same year as
0: *Unforgiven*, I think. Which is, like, I think so, yeah. Which is like the like a film about how Clint Eastwood is a disillusioned old man. Yeah. His ideals are meaningless, <laughs> and like the world has like you know moved yeah. on. past him. And now he's ninety.
1: Yeah. So this year, I mean, actually. Uh, the Eastwood film in question came out in the US in twenty eighteen, but I didn't get a chance until this year to watch it. Um, Which obviously it came talk- out in the
0: UK in twenty nineteen. Yeah, there I, you go. I, I, I didn't manage to see it in the cinema because it was only, it was only screening near me at like three pm on a Wednesday. Oh, what the fuck! Yeah, I oh, I, 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 still I need to watch it. Man.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: You really yeah. do because it. Tell so me the, why. Anyway, we're not just talking about the Year's Wars. Yeah, about. so these films are Clint Eastwood's The Mule and Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time uh, in uh, uh, Hollywood. Obviously. Sorry, there's so many Once Upon a Time <laughs> yeah. films. So it doesn't trip off the tongue. <laughs> but, um, you know, you could, I, could, I just keep me like Once Upon a Time in Anatolia. No, wait. <laughs> that
0: film is so good.
1: Need to watch it. Need to see need It's oh, right there. Oh, I'm was, pointing at it right now. Um, yeah so i mean it is a bit awkward trying to do these uh, um, you know at one time as they are quite different films this is one we've all seen though uh, yeah that's true and, and, like tarantino's been making films since the early 90s eastwood has been uh well a director directing since the early 70s but making Film and TV uh, as an actor since the early 50s, uh, mid-50s, I think Mm. 55 specifically. Uh, So they're both people who, you know, to varying extents, have got a lot of skin in the game. And both of these are just, I think, like pure works of auteur cinema in a way that like if you're acclimatised to this artist's thing, then it's just a delight. You know, sure. I, I found um, like with Eastwood's The Mule, for example. Um, it's you know Clint, who as you say, well, he was eighty eight when he made the film, and he plays a ninety year old man. So just showing his range, he can play, he can play older, he can play. Yeah, um, <laughs> sorry, a sexually active ninety year old man, very extremely, sexy, <laughs> he, he highly. Yeah. Well, he has like two threesomes in it. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and 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 he eats a lot of ice
0: cream, so his gut's working well. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: He loves ice cream and, and shagging, and like he's um, and flowers and flowers. He as loves
0: well. he loves flowers more than his family. Oh, That's it's like the launch pad yeah. of that. Yeah, film. he's
1: just really. I I told my mum she should watch it because like she's brilliant at gardening and she might like just relate to how much he just loves flowers. Yes. And, <laughs> uh, to 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 the extent that at the end of the film, you see his circumstances in life may have changed, but but he's still out there gardening, you know? Um, And uh, the film is written by Nick Schenk, who I feel like if Eastwood was a writer, which he he is not, he he directs and produces and stars, but he, he, you know, doesn't write his own movies i, I think he, there are some straight up atrocious lines of dialogue in the mule that i guess clint is not responsible for in that case oh well no well, he uh, is but he's responsible
0: because he's the director and that is who is responsible
1: but yeah. the film is written by nick Schenk who is like uh he wrote gran torino he is like right. what clint eastwood would write like if he was a writer. Um, right. Yeah, so he has this kind of very like macho sort of perspective. It's like you know, uh, not quite as fascist as uh, S. Craig Zala or whatever he's called. Sure, he's sure. a real like John sure. Milius kind of like full. Not as good. as He's John like Milius. a hard right filmmaker. Yeah, he is really right wing. Yeah. His films are unpleasant, really. They yeah. are quite unpleasant. Yeah. I feel like he's he's got some talent. Bone Tomahawk is quite good, it's but sick but film. Great. That, movie, that's yeah. the that's the least. Um, the films he's made since. You know, the, the Since
0: Points on the Hook have like... been like way more problematic or like
1: racist yeah, oh, than definitely.
0: that film, so I thought when I was seeing that as a daily feature, I was like, "Oh, this is an interesting film about like how like clueless like white people in America are, or whatever." And it's like, "Oh no, it's not about that." <laughs> no, it's like no, no, it no he's on their side. <laughs> well, it <laughs> is saying that, but like he yeah. doesn't know it's saying that.
1: Kurt Russell stars in. Um... S. Bon. S. Craig Zalas' film. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, he stars mm. in Bone Tomahawk and is fucking amazing in that because, like, you know, he's aged like hell and he's yeah. a fucking haggard old he's man. He's like Clint
0: Eastwood in Unforgiven. Yeah, and
1: that, but he's still, or... you know, he's not like, he doesn't seem like weak or anything. He's still, like, super macho. Sure. So he's great for the kind of, like, uh, for the grizzled old man in westerns. And he did... Tarantino's The Hateful Eight around the same time. Which is a film I absolutely love. I love The Hateful Eight. I loved it. Brilliant film. <laughs> I didn't really <laughs>
0: to tell you the truth, I didn't really like Once Upon a Time in in America. No, Once Upon, I love wait, no, which oh, one's Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in the West is like one Sick of my film. favourite films. Once Upon a Time in America, deeply problematic, also pretty good. Yeah. I can't be bothered to watch it.
1: There's almost a novelty to like the fact that it's a big film and it's like by an Italian, but like the gangsters in, in, in it are all Jewish, like but they're still right. played by like Italian American heroes. Uh, that wasn't like, even was the, That, that was even. I was thinking about the rape and stuff. Like <laughs> oh that god, in I, the film is it, you so know it's been bad. too long, but I don't like remember too many specific scenes.
0: Okay, but I I prefer. I Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I want to watch it again. I was deeply bored by it when I watched it. Okay.
1: See, I I thought it just zipped by. Mm. I I thought, thought, um, actually, It and The Mule are both very kind of slow and languorous films. Mm. But I I feel, uh, yeah, I'm not sure which one. Maybe, I mean, again, there's a lot of humour in both of them. Sure. They're both about kind of like conservative older to again varying extents men yes. who, are, who are adrift from uh, the world that they're living in absolutely right uh, increasingly so i feel
2: like it's like the central element really of once upon a time in hollywood yeah and the leo character
0: yeah. or the brad character or both both of them yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
2: for sure for sure for in sure. different ways but like that and uh, what's really interesting is
0: how much they invoke rawhide and all the shit tv westerns the, con- yeah, Clint, right in. the man
1: came up in, in, in that shit. you know what i found really fascinating is um the, it, i i mentioned this on real politic but i don't even think anyone's like expanded it into a think piece which is such a missed opportunity but like that film came around came out right at the same time as that latest bruce Springsteen album western stars which is all like story songs about like the characters in the Tarantino so film true. it's just like yeah I was a stuntman I got shot by John Wayne in a film and blah 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 and it's just all like this is DiCaprio's character singing on this song this is Brad Pitt's character singing on this song it's like were they fucking comparing notes or something so true and you've, so got, true. you've got all that like glossy um like you know Glenn Campbell almost like Neil Diamond style orchestrated country and folkish pop that was big in that time like kind of country no it's countrypolitan the right sort of right okay i know what you mean Molly, yeah, well, yeah um like I, I
0: think i complained on our podcast that the soundtrack didn't have enough velvet underground on it well, no it's
2: all <laughs> no, like it's the fetish good, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 the yeah such pedestrian like <laughs> right wing but, but i guess that's the point like they have like it has it looks at counterculture Mm. us can't yeah but yeah. like it's very much so from like a what like a fucking heteronormative like old ass dude's perspective sure. perspective like i can imagine you know like kid. the radio station they're tuning into is not going to be playing sure. like something <laughs> totally in, in any way yeah, radical yeah. or whatever like yeah but i guess yeah. that's like why the we're thinking about them in the same, in the same. Yeah, movie, exactly. You, know, you can imagine
1: it's... Brad Pitt being like, you might say I'm an all white guy <laughs> in that film. And um, he takes off his shirt and he's like, looking sick. A, a ripped, it's like a, a Diet Coke one. advert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. I'm going to watch it again <laughs> so, soon um,
0: because I've, I've heard a lot of people say they've, re- I've seen a lot of tweets of people being like, I loved watching Once yes, Upon yes. a Time in America Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that's so much good. we awesome. can say the, stuff the stuff fucking name yeah like, it's yeah. so impossible to remember <laughs> the, to the mule great title very memorable yeah Psh. but yeah people saying they loved watching it on a plane and I think as a as a languorous or you said you found it quite p- well paced and like zippy by I found like mm-hmm. perfect like stasis film where like you know
1: like very, they're both very slow films, you know. Yeah. Um, just briefly on the like on the Springsteen thing, mm. of course. The kind of music that's in Once Upon a Time in America is like the type of music on Springsteen's latest album as well. Musically, yeah. it's all these like big, uh, orchestrated, uh, country pop kind of stuff. Like you know, it, it's like the stuff that Jimmy Webb wrote for Glenn Campbell. I mean, some I of love the best music ever made. I love yeah, those Glenn Campbell yeah. singles.
2: But I, I did prefer Once Upon a Time yeah, We're going to have a chance Hollywood. to talk about Bruce Springsteen in a little bit. <laughs> My make. Did you watch the his film? No, but I've got... It's going to come up. It's, about, oh. it's, it's
0: just coming around the, around, okay. coming around the corner. I preferred was, um... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to Western Stars,
1: which I actually turned off because I thought it was really boring. The film. It, sound, it sounded boring shit. Bruce was yeah. just like, yeah, so I was... Uh, the character is uh, drifting through the... the I don't know, like, just Bruce explaining all these songs. It's like, they're good story songs, I think, in a lot of ways. Like, the the lyrics on the album, I think, are for the most part pretty good. So, you know, he doesn't need to explain them too much in a way that's probably quite wanky. Bruce
0: definitely does, and it's all about stuff everyone can understand. Mm. Anyway, that's a really nice pairing, and that makes a lot of sense.
1: Thank you. Just shout out to these, like, you know, to the, the veterans who somehow are still, like viable for funding in in the present film economy you know (laughs) the only
0: Hollywood filmmakers who have like studio backing and are like taking chances yeah
1: although there's one we'll get to later
0: there's another one who doesn't feature on our list and because his film wasn't allowed to come out in 2019 but uh, he's not he's never mentioned on the podcast and I think it will continue to be that way
1: oh that guy yeah No, no no he's not funding viable in terms of funding anymore Sadly not, but he was,
0: he did make a film every year on, you know, he's on delivery. He had a good run. He did have a good run and he made a lot and he's of still making brilliant films. films.
1: He's, he's making films in, in Europe now. Jackie. Like, Where like they, his friend Roman.
0: Like his friend Roman and that oh,
2: film actually looks pretty I th- good. I think that's what I was thinking. No, we're talking about, um. Uh, wait. Yeah. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, yeah. wait. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, wait, I'm going
0: to hold up the text so I don't actually have to say the name into the microphone because he's banned from the podcast. Oh, there just next to the oh, water, oh, yeah, water. yeah, yeah. He, he's pretty good
2: okay uh should
1: we, should Jacques we looks one? good yeah maybe the other guy is as well as a very gifted director jacuz guy the the, mm. the ghost
0: writer or the ghost <laughs> my parents have seen that shit like 40 times sam what was <laughs>
1: just when blair gets
2: cut yeah. by the cia
0: sam what's your fourth favorite film of 2019
2: um it was Netflix presents Atlantics. Hey on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> Matty Diop. Her yes. first uh first film. Uh yeah. Um I didn't think I was really gonna like it because it's like sort of like a coming of age like romancy thing and mm-hmm. I don't know, with like supernatural elements and oh, mm-hmm. all these <laughs> these are all, you know, tags, uh, genre r- tags, repelling me. You know. Keywords, yeah. Yeah. and, um, but yeah, I've got, a, yeah, it was really sensational. It's set in a uh, Dakar, like a Dakar, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> <Electronic>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, no, sorry. They're so, the rock band. D-D-D-P- yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, in Senegal, And, um, it's like, you know, it's the capital and it's like a port city and the way they shoot this or the way she shoots this landscape is like fucking, it's, it's really, it's really astonishing. Like there's like a skyscraper that's like, you know, it it makes it look like Mm -hmm. a sci-fi or something. I've never, visually I've never seen anything that looks like Atlantics
0: before. And I watched it on that TV behind you and it was like... (laughs) The images. Sorry, I was just saying the images, but like, no, it's, not, yeah. it's not too bad. So age. memorable, like, mm. breathtakingly original. Mm. Maybe the most original film of the year, in a way.
2: There it's are so there. Yeah, just so in in terms of like individual shots, like there are so many that spring to mind. Um, there's one like really near the beginning where like, um, okay, just the the story basically is like about these. Um, labourers who haven't been paid for like a few months and like they're getting like a bit you know like they're obviously getting like longed out about it like they want to like you know be able to like provide for their families like um, it's yeah and um, basically they uh, like go on a boat like to try and reach Europe and they don't uh, spoiler and, alert! Yeah, spoiler alert. Like, <laughs> no, but I feel like this is like the premise of the. Sure. Well. Sure. I, and a lot of discussion I've, I've heard it about is, it is
0: like everyone stops there, and it's like, and then what happens next will blow your mind. You won't yeah. believe what happens yeah. next if you click through on this Netflix film. It right? sounds but quite good. It's <sighs> really okay. Well, okay. Go watch All it. right.
2: I, I, as I said, like I was a bit like. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't enthusiastic by the prospect of like these like supernatural elements or whatever. Supernatural but romance. I'd I'd say like this was dealt with in like a really... I don't know. It seemed like really organic. I feel like I've probably already used this word but I don't know. These are the best ones of the year so we're like talking about shit that like feels like real. Um, and I don't know. It was really... The story is... It's you know extremely poetical and yeah sad yeah we talk it's talking really
0: from a from you know g- good to great films made by like old ass white dudes to like a debut feature made by like a really powerful new voice in cinema mm. sadly the only other Senegalese film I've ever seen I think was made by Matty Diop's dad. Jibril yeah. <laughs> Diop. Mambeti?
1: Is... is Usmane uh, se- um, Sembeni uh, from Senegal? Where I'm oh, thinking, uh, what was he? he, made, like, he, uh, he Black, made Girl, Black Girl, Moulade,
0: those films are amazing. You
1: made Zala. I haven't seen uh, that. That's like a, it's like a film one letter film. away
0: from my third favorite film of 2018.
1: <laughs> oh, well, was, Zala's like about um, a politician who has a sex scandal. Just look it up. We did we did this um, a post-colonial cinema module when I was studies course, cool. but I'm just uh, Yeah, but, yeah San San well, that that was News Money Sen Benny film. Yeah, he's a great filmmaker. And that was great a film. that's a feature length one whereas whereas Black Girl is like half an hour or so, I think. It's really short, but yeah. like pff, great storytelling. Zala anyway. though pretty funny. S. Craig Zala, Matty Diop, she's in. Um, oh, sorry. 30, yeah, and 30... yes, Usmani Senbeni is Senegalese. He's Senegalese? Okay, <laughs> well, so well, there is,
0: this is the third great uh, Senegalese filmmaker whose work I've seen. And so, debut feature, she's acted in a couple of films by Claire Denis. She's in 35 Rooms, which is a great movie. I was expecting this to be more like a Claire Denis film, who may or may not be around the corner on this film. But. Um, it wasn't like anything i'd ever seen before
2: no it just has an extremely ethereal feel probably um compounded by the soundtrack as well which is like really pulsating it's the least soundtrack ambient (laughs) shit like really counter to the image a lot of the time as well oh there are points where they're over um they're both playing this like dark sound like electronic soundtrack and like i don't know like yeah. funerary wailing like it's actually <laughs> extremely intense filmmaking. And I wish I'd seen it in the cinema. Yeah. As I said, Netflix special Hail Netflix. Yeah. Um I think it bears comparison to another film that came out this year, uh Zombie Child, um which I thought really pales in comparison. Mm. Again, it's just like a story about Atl- Atlantic's is, I feel like the idea of like the undead is like set, it's supernatural set, like thematically central like, to mm, it. Yeah. And Zombie Child is like exploring the same subject matter. I f- I feel Atlantic's is like way, sure, way more successful in navigating this. I want to see Zombie matters, Child really. because I loved
0: Notchorama, the last film by Bonello, which is on oh, Netflix. Oh,
1: where where is that? Where they break into the yeah. department
0: store? Yeah, it's like a. It's, Quasi remake of The Devil, probably. Okay. But it's got Chief Keith on the soundtrack, two of my favourite <laughs> things of all time. What's he,
1: what's he up to these days? Bertrand Bonilla who just no, made. No, Chief Keith. <laughs> still making great music. <laughs> nice, man.
0: Steady making great music. Um,
1: wow, I know you kind of dropped off a radar. Last I heard you he was producing. Dropped off his your own radar. On yeah, rib. okay, yeah, that's but, um, Oh Chief
0: yeah. Keith is the best, my, maybe my favourite musical artist of the decade. Oh, wow, okay. Maybe in terms of output. Anyway, um, yeah, I the think zombie I'd child should... wasn't as good.
2: Nah, um, I think that's all I have to say about Atlantic really. I would really recommend it though; and it's very available on think... Netflix. Um, yeah. And is there sure anything what... you'd like to add to I'm that? gonna say I
0: think a lot, a big thing about Atlantic Is I've heard it talked about on a lot of podcasts of like people being like very reticent to talk about anything about it, and just being like, you need to see this shit; it's unbelievable. So I'm just gonna carry on doing that as well. Tantalizing. Mm. Mm. It's fantastic, and it's easy to watch. It's hypnotic, well, but how it's... long is it? I'm under an hour. No, no way. No, but it's like under two hours. You know, like for the for, the, <laughs> under for <three> how hours. <laughs> for how <laughs> et, for how <laughs> epic how <laughs> standards. how for how um, epic it is for how for how
2: is, how for how for and for how for how for And for how I fourth best film of the year.
0: My fourth best <laughs> film of the year has been talked about on the Film graves podcast before mm. on our least popular episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rojo. Yeah. By Benjamin Neistat. Yeah. An Argentinian film. You would love it so much, Jack. I, okay. This is the first thing I have to say. Mm. It's a film about disappearances set in a small community just before the generals took over just before the coup oh right um, the last line of the film I'm going to spoil it now because I you've had like a few months to see it since we said it on the podcast the last line of the film is oh I think the coup's about to happen now <laughs> 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 um, and ever, like the idea is that everyone knows that or whatever right like, e- because everyone is fucking complicit in yeah. fascist takeovers
2: yeah Yeah. it's really about like the normalisation of violence and <sighs> It was so good. That sounds great.
0: It yeah. was so, so good. And we both saw it for free. And I this can't is, wait. This to see a great it again. film. Yeah. It was really fantastic. Roho it means red. Again, like yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. a lot of... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's about... That's the colour on Mike Gates' leaflets.
2: Fuck. <laughs> 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 but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a film about right-wing politics called Red, which is mad. And I never yeah. thought about that. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Red because it's got a solar eclipse in the middle of it. Ah, uh, okay. There's a lot of things. It's like Us. It's a great oh, but, title.
2: Um, Rojo. Yeah. That I was watching um is it pink, is it like I pink was or watching or... The Devil's Backbone yeah. which is ah. set during um which I'd never seen before that was a film I watched oh, for the never first time this year and I really enjoyed it actually. It's set during the Spanish Civil War, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and like there are like communist factions or whatever and they talk about communists and it's like Ros. So like I think in I think it does specifically... in the in the same way like we call like Reds, like yeah. but the it, only, like, only Rojo right
0: in is, this like, film, if that is the case, is the guy in the first scene who's absolutely not a communist. He's just like a disgruntled, like, upset, normal person.
2: You know? I thought he was meant to have, like, joined... Uh, I thought he was meant to have been, like, political radical.
0: I, th- I think the idea of that first scene, though, is just that he's like, he could be a communist, right? And that is what is the dangerous thing. That's why he's, like, totally ostracised and, like, condemned by every single other person mm. in that room. And he's just kicking off and that's the only resistance you get in that film is in the first ten minutes, and then after that it's just about the, like, really insidious, creeping... It's like, um... Another film is a lot like The Conformist by Bertolucci. Great film. Who I hate, but that is a great film. Another film that is going to be talked about today is, like, very about that. Not really about politics. Rojo is a really, really serious analytical piece of fictionalised historical filmmaking. Mm.
2: I just add that, like, we watched it, processed it alongside um, Costa Gavras's Z, which Great, was like yeah. the sort of archetypal political thriller. Um, uh, Rojo is categorically a political thriller, <laughs> but like very much in a different way to the sort of cheap, like, schlocky, it's like, a- way that like we spoke about some articles that were like Z spawned these like sort of Z like Bruce, shit yeah. films. Yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah, But like Rojo is like a very Sort of measured, muted It's a political depressor as
0: opposed to a <laughs> Yeah <laughs> oh, fucking hell so yeah, that's
2: that's really sounds it actually. Anything else? Loved I'm it, please watch it. Watch.
0: please watch it and then please listen to our podcast, get those numbers up, it's a great episode. You're still listening to Film Grays, this is the uh, best films of twenty nineteen episode with Jack Vrain Reed from the Real Politic podcast. Hello. Jack, what is your third Number three. Your first number three. What is your number three... <laughs> number three... Film... Of
1: 2019... AD. Well... CE, sorry. The letterbox would have you believe that it's 2018. Maybe it came out in America in 2018. Or maybe it was just a festival release, I don't know. But for all intents and purposes... It is Alex Ross Perry's... Her Smell. Like... Such a good film, man. It
0: was mad.
1: Yeah, this film is like, it's really heavy. It's it's intense. It's just that opening sequence, is as. Insane as any kind of like extended shot I've seen in a film. Sure. Going, uh, you know, and yeah, maybe it's better for time if we don't spend like
2: hours thinking of every like long tracking shot in a movie but it, <laughs> but it, but it, it no, it's <laughs> really impressive though man and like the, sen- the sense that it achieved through it is like so claustrophobic yeah. the music complements this as well with like a really jarring like soundtrack the, the soundtrack is <laughs> brilliant
0: I thought you know for a film about music about a fictional film about a fictional band Yeah, both the songs and the soundtrack were like perfect in a way that the other about a fictional musician that we talked about this year which I did kind of love Fox Lux uh, the music was really kind of terrible in that I think and I mm. thought that was like a grand point but like I love pretty much everything about her smell you know
1: Like, yeah I thought I thought like her songs in it the, the like bad songs where she was coming apart I thought they were alright like you yeah know, you, you could have easily just like you know recorded these pared down performances slapped a bunch of reverb on it being like look it's the dark new sound
0: it's better than that Kurt Cobain album that came out in 2015 or whatever you know? oh,
1: yeah, oh well yeah what well, it's just him on his and his tapes yeah it's yeah like
0: the Robert Pollard um, um on,
2: Elizabeth Moss is so good in amazing this film. like those scenes that you're talking about where basically it's the story of like she's like the you know, the leader of the mad, like, it's not really, like a trio or whatever, but like, she's like, extremely <laughs> narcissistic, yeah. she speaks in these, like, Shakespearean soliloquies throughout the whole film, like, it's actually mad. Yeah. Um, they're like scenes, Patrick Stickles,
0: actually, in a way.
2: The, yeah, these, like, these scenes where she's in the obviously. studio, mm-hmm. like, meant to be, like, fucked up, like, in a really bad place mentally, and, um, just, like, staring into space, like, st- playing these, like, Two quarters, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's so, uh, oh, you felt this it a really, uh, yeah.
0: As I say, like one of my favorite actors, Elizabeth Moss, and definitely my favorite modern cinematographer. I think Sean Price Williams. I think that everything he shoots is just perfectly shot. Like the
2: what else we good time. Ah, the same okay. as Her Smell the, the same... same cinematographer well that's yeah.
1: wow. a similarly just like non-stop like at your throat kind of Absolutely, film.
2: that makes so much sense because yeah. like the energy in this is so idiosyncratic but then like Good Time right. is actually like it <laughs> yeah. really actually makes sense like, yeah. he that's didn't work on movie.
0: Uncut Gems I think he was working on Her Smell and so they got Darius Congee in but he's worked on all the other Safdie Brothers films he's a great cinematographer
1: they um and, and yeah, Elizabeth Moss is so great in it and, like, embodying all these different stages of this person's career. Mm. Um, like, as the person who's basically, been, you know, had their ass kissed so much that they think they're, like, a fucking prophet. And then just broken down later on, you know.
0: How does it compare to Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story?
1: <laughs> it's probably one of the least Walk Hard-like um, movies i sure. about music i've seen and yet <laughs> the scene where she is playing her music and it's really discordant and mm. kind of terrible but i don't actually think that bad it's almost like the scene in du- in walk hard the jude cox story where he's addicted to amphetamines and he's <laughs> he's he's playing uh, walk hard really really fast and yeah. they're like you sound like some kind of punk on Alex Ross Perry. Mm. Uh, I mean I think he's a really really interesting director like we were saying like before we were recording that he did these kind of like you know Woody Alleny type uh middle class intellectuals uh, having personal problems kind of films. Color Wheel The Color Wheel is listen up Philip. Brilliant film. And Listen Up Philip it just took it to the next level. But like Listen Love Up it. Philip I think he's a, it's a word that's bandied around a lot but I think he is kind of a a, a genuinely sort of like quite novelistic uh filmmaker in the way he especially structures his films like this is you know a series of chapters uh this this person's life you check in on almost shades of the irishman in that way right but uh,
0: (laughs) you haven't seen queen of earth is that right no i haven't seen that one yet his other like i guess elizabeth moss is also going to listen to philip but that's his other like big like creative sort of collaboration with elizabeth moss which is also about a mental breakdown. Yeah. Over a way shorter period of time, but it's—I don't know which is the more harrowing performance. I can't help but think of someone like Gina Rowland in the yeah. Cassavetes films or something, where it's just great actor. Fuck. But her smell didn't get a cinematic release in the UK. It. Nor did Golden Excess. I still haven't seen that. I want to see I still it. haven't seen it either. But <laughs> what the fuck? He is like one of the what most significant be? like voices in. American indie cinema.
1: The thing is, I read an interview with him, and it was um David Erlich doing the interview, mm-hmm. who I'm mm-hmm. not a fan of, but mm. um, it was an interesting piece. Because... He's ba- he's never coming on film, Grace. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was basically about how with her smell, like Alex uh, Ross Perry took a basically a massive swing and a miss. Like he made the most ambitious film he could, and it wasn't for much money, but it was for a lot of money for. Right. Um, you know, it was only a few million But for, like, what the film is Like, it has absolutely bombed And uh, maybe he'll have to, like, write another, like, uh, Winnie the Pooh Winnie the movie oh yeah, film. Christopher yeah. Robin, yeah,
0: yeah He yeah. wrote the script that's for that, hard,
2: Yeah, yeah That's crazy That's crazy
1: He does write he for higher work <claps> He yeah, did that yeah. yeah, but loads of great people have done write for higher work You know, like, you got you got to keep the bills paid so you can do your own projects
0: You're absolutely right
1: Especially, like, if you're gonna do, uh yeah her smell um, like incredibly an ambitious but uncommercial movie mm. you you know kind of have to be pr- prepared that you you might like fall on your face and i don't think he did artistically at all i think it's a it's a great movie
2: i think but, it's a champion effort man like yeah. it's extremely effective like I mm. it definitely achieves what it's trying to with like the representation of bands with, like egos mental health we're all in bands <laughs> and we all you know.
0: struggle with that sometimes you know it's difficult yeah. Sometimes you hate yourself for it. Definitely. Am I right, guys?
1: <laughs> My podcast is <laughs> a bit like a band. Yeah. In our
0: sense, it literally is. But yeah, um... <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah it's, um... a great movie. Please yeah. check it out.
2: And all the supporting performances as well. Um, Some fantastic. I think, like, it's just worth. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: I... Oh, I just wanted it to, to say um, on on her smell. Um didn't have the character down as a Brian
2: Adams fan. No, that's it. Uh I had such a weird response to that scene. So I usually up. really hate that sort of. What What's the song called? Uh, Heaven. Because I, yeah. I, I I yeah. it, it. Yeah, think, because,
0: I just know oh, it no, from no, the what, was it it up scooter up or whatever, or like some like trance like bait top ten uh, single. Yeah, go
2: I clocked what it was actually um, in the post credit scene. At which uh, sorry, in the in the credits, like the yeah. uh, music credits. Oh, at the which point, <laughs> I also noticed that she sings a song by Charles Manson. <laughs> in the in the film where when the uh, the like young upcoming band come to the studio and she sings mm. a song about like garbage yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's by Charles Manson really? you know what really the, weird. the
1: songs she's um, playing when she's strung out in the studio do sound pretty Charles Mansonish yeah. so that makes sense his songs are all just like a two chord droney yeah, kind of yeah, like right. from what I I have heard which is very little I should I I should clarify
0: so Charles Manson is more of a presence in this film than he is in What's no both? he's obviously not he's really uh, the structuring absence in Once Upon a Time. But
2: um, this scene where she plays a song to her daughter on a piano is, I don't know, it could have been really grating, but I don't think it is, I think it plays really well.
1: I think it's, it is almost just kind of like she doesn't give a fuck about like being cool or whatever. She's just going to play some corny ass emotional song because it's just a real like, these are my feelings, man. And it's a very heightened emotion kind of film. Yeah. Pitched at, like, fucking hysteria. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> which is You know. Absolutely. Great. I, yeah,
0: which is exactly what Vox Lux is as well, a film that we talked about, and, like, I remember quite fondly, but uh, this film, when I watched this, it just made everything about Vox
2: Lux utterly, like, superficial and ridiculous. Yeah, it makes it seem so true. It's yeah, superficial. yeah, yeah. Superficial is the perfect word. But and that's trivial. also because it's and about pop music life. instead of punk music. Am yeah. I
0: right? I, I've it's still rockists.
1: not seen Vox Lux, but I did. It, 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 this good. is probably good quite movie. rockist of me, which is that like, I didn't watch that film, but I've, I've listened to the Scott Walker stuff, or yeah. the soundtrack. Right. But not the scene <laughs> stuff. But his last work, in fact.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, great artist. Sam, you also picked a actually good, quirky... American independent film, something we don't have very often.
2: Yeah, I really didn't think I'd like this film, you know, Thunder Road. Well, you never want to
0: cover the song when me and Julian were trying.
2: <laughs> I really don't like. Uh, oh, that what could What do they be call him? The boss. We'll do it. The like, boss, yeah. The boss. As yeah, Robert Pollard said, if he's the boss, I quit. <laughs> but okay, oh. Thunder Road is a low budget American indie flick. Another debut, this guy, Jim Cummings, who is um, the star, he wrote it, directed it, produced it, blah, 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 Um, and he plays, like, a single father, like, cop dude who, when his mum dies, like, I don't know, everything just, like, comes to a head or whatever. Mm. It grew out of, like, a short film that he made, which is the first scene in the film where he's at his mother's funeral and he's, like, doing, like, a... a uh like a tribute to to her like because she well no because it's well i mean it technically is a eulogy but it's like a tribute because it's like she liked bruce springsteen so he's like put plays the music and then he's like like trying to dance or sing or like right and then it's all like and it's really awkward like it's not going (laughs) properly and like i don't know do you know what song um yeah, it's Thunder Road. Oh yeah, it. a great,
0: great piece of music. Um, yeah, it it's really The <laughs> yeah the oh, best I got... best queue. Compared to Blinded by the Light or Western Stars, the other two films that came out this year that were named after Bruce Springsteen songs. One of them was made by Bruce Springsteen. I
1: would say Thunder yeah. Road, the best of both three songs. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: and <laughs> yeah. almost certainly the best of those three films. Yeah, seemingly. I don't
2: know. It yeah. just seemed like a passion project for this dude, and I think it like really it. He's playing himself in the truest sense, right? It really, um... I don't know, like, as I said, like, I didn't expect to, like, have a response to it, but I just thought it was, like, a very, like, touching film. Perhaps. I just know
0: because you've got um, this look in your eye when you talk about it, and I never see that <laughs> look
2: in your eyes about
0: you talking about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know it I don't me. know,
2: like, okay, and... Yeah, it's just, uh, worth checking out. I don't know where you can watch it at the moment, but, um... You can watch the short film on Vimeo, I think, mm-hmm. and that's like... A good primer. As, you know, just to get you just get up. like a flavour of it. Like, I guess there's not an awful lot to say about this, though, but I just wanted to shout it out. Does that have a lot of Bruce on the soundtrack? Um, no, there's not. I, there's not really like a... <laughs> no, like, I guess the story is meant to like sort of parallel like the sentiments of the, the music or mm.
1: whatever. Yeah, not, not like a, an adaptation of like the lyrics of Thunder
2: Road. Too. No, but like I think like at the end they're like moving on from like... Yeah, doing the know, screen scene thing. Yeah, like... like yeah, pulling out of here. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Like, it's so cheesy.
0: So Is I sort like, myself does,
1: liking it. Does a screen door slam? Um, Is there a woman called Mary in it? <laughs> does her <laughs> dress wave? Yeah, please tell me. Does she dance yellow, like yellow, a vision?
0: I'm all references. Does like, the radio play? Uh,
2: does Roy Orbison sure, or The Lonely? I'm sure literally all of these things happen. Yeah, yeah. And like, ready. I'm just like. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, like, cool. It's cool. It's <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah, the highways.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, sorry, I was thinking of
2: Born to Run. I almost <laughs> said, well, the highways jam with heroes on it. It sounds like an inscrutable thing. I can't. Yeah, I feel like yeah, yeah I it, it sounds shouldn't like, like a truly have... inscrutable thing. I feel film like actually. I shouldn't have liked it, but maybe, listener, you will like it. I don't know. None of you guys have seen it. I think you'd like it. Yeah. That's brilliant. I like, like the sound of uh, it. check it out.
0: Beautiful. That's Thunder Rope by Jim Cummings.
2: Yeah.
0: Sam Story's third favourite film. Enter the sax <laughs> My third favourite film of 2019 is a film that I feel like you, Sam Story, should have liked, but actually you didn't like as much as you did. Which is I have no problem with that. That's a that's a normal response. Mm. Um I was just expecting you to be like, oh raw, that film was crazy. It's got Andre 3K in it.
1: Oh, Yeah. I think he's a quite good actor. Do you guys rate him as an actor? No. No? Mm. Um, <laughs> what about his Jimmy? Jimmy Hendrix. Terrible film. Oh, I, well, like I didn't it. see that.
0: Netflix, Friday. perennial Netflix uh, recommendation. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
1: but I, I watched it on Netflix. What?
2: Do you want to say the
0: name of the film? All is by my side. No, <laughs> no I'm, I'm building up. No, uh, <laughs> this one. Oh, okay, so building, building up. up. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true work of auteur cinema. It's an English language debut. Um, Like, uh, well, no, Trouble Every Day and other films have, like, people talking in English. But, you know, it is, it is what it is. Oh uh, we is doing the Irishman now? <laughs> <laughs> right. Not quite. High Life by Claire Denis, my huh? third favourite film of the year. It was my most anticipated film of 2019. It was the best Robert Pattinson film of 2019 by a hugely significant margin. Not the oh. king? <laughs> I'm afraid <laughs> Wait, not. So we'll counting
1: The Lighthouse as 2020. That, is,
0: yeah, a, that okay. is a point. I'm counting it as 2020, <laughs> okay. even though I saw it three times in
1: 2019.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just so mad in a way that, like, a lot of sci-fi films I loved Ad Astra for example another film from 2019
1: I keep getting the two mixed up in my head I think
0: I think I loved that more in a way or it made me they're both they're both deeply upsetting films about space travel and like (laughs) indefinite space journeys they mirror each other in ways and they're both about like mental health High Life though was just unforgettable truly unforgettable no. I
2: really need to rewatch it because <laughs> you've uh, forgotten a lot about I it. About it. <laughs> I, remember I remember a lot of like it. the crazy scene when she's fucking okay. the thing, and then it yeah, turns okay. it, and then it this has turned into a furry dude. What? <laughs> yeah, that's that pretty much like, <laughs> <And> like <laughs> I just heard that
1: there's like weird space set stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's there there. There like, is. a sort <laughs> of like,
0: but it, what I like discipline and punish or whatever, you know, like okay.
2: Yeah, there's so much
0: subtext and supertext in this film. Like the story is just like a really like the story is just about like a dude raising his daughter who he kind of wants to fuck because (laughs) there's the only two people on this spacecraft. (laughs) But and then there's loads of flashbacks. But I don't even know how to begin. I'm so glad we didn't do an episode about it because. I still don't know how to process it but I'm still thinking about it all the fucking time
2: I need to watch some other Denis films I mean Trouble and, Every like, Day is like a triumph. really
0: disturbing challenging film and like that I haven't stopped thinking about that since I watched it and I don't like
2: that as much as this film but it's just she makes these films I sort of remember High Life as sort of like Silent Running or something which oh, was like most disappointing like cinema extreme- experience of my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> like <laughs> extremely boring yeah. and like um, <laughs> for all uh High Life's like weighty philosophical themes that like you know all this like shit going like it's there's mad stuff going on in it like to be fair I would say stuff with Andre 3000 in it's like that's probably what I remember more than like you won't forget it though you'll watch it again I know you yeah. will at some point in your
0: life you'll watch it again High Life just watch it I was just trying to shout it out because it was my last three pound film with the BFI huh. oh. the the uh, a, a discount without which I don't think I'd be doing a film podcast right now. But thank you, Jolien, my 24 year old, good mate. Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: Jack, what's your second best film of the year? My
1: second favourite film of the year is a film that should be very fresh in my memory as I watched it literally last night. Um, It is Pedro Almodovar's Pain and Glory. Now I'm a big fan of Almodovar, I confess I've mainly seen the post 2000 stuff. Um, but I mean, that in itself is some really fantastic films, Me just too. one after the other, really. Like mm. pretty much from all about my mother in '99 till um, I, I didn't actually see. Her. I'm so excited. I liked it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's fun probably, from, it's probably film, worth film. a watch. You know, yeah. he he does fun as well as like these these like beautiful melodramas, yeah. but. Um, this this one yeah but basically that is just an unbroken like row of classics uh the skin alright a skin I live in maybe a bit maybe a bit second tier uh, and I probably find maybe it's dealing with like transgender identity quite problematic
0: perhaps but he's got he's got a long history of dealing with trans people on. he has to be some of his 80s 90s like uh as I say, Law of Desire like blew my mind yeah, when I saw it. Like,
1: I, I think I think he's an ally in that regard, and obviously that's not the film we're supposed to be talking about, but um The way you described Alma Dog to me yesterday was so hilarious. Oh, what, my favourite person in the Panama Papers? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was either that or the, or the Paradise
1: Papers. It was one of the, like, big tax evasion things. Uh, but, yeah, he... T- he Turns out he's dodging loads of tax, but I don't think he's, like, unique amongst film directors. In Bergman, so.
0: Tarkovsky, all the greats did that shit, you know. Well,
1: filmmaking just seems to be, like, like tax... You know. Tax <laughs> avoidance <laughs> Lord. just seems to be an enormous factor in, in, in just like getting even just getting films made it's all about like tax breaks yeah. and stuff mm, yeah. it's like hardwired into the industry yeah. Yeah. um that you, can, that you can dodge tax if it's for a movie <laughs> was there a line about tax in Pain and Glory I can't remember uh, there's a super as
0: a super autobiographical I yeah,
1: because films. in this in this one he's delving into his own life in a, yeah. in a big way Um. And to, yeah but I, I was going to say like Steven Soderbergh uh, in his anti-tax evasion film which I didn't like he literally is like yeah even me and the writer of this film dodge tax <sighs> Although, well he gets one of the characters like yeah, yeah look so- Steven Soderbergh is, uh, uh, and what's his name the other guy have, have got shell companies and it's like you don't have to fucking you know I have to do that uh, can, that's just honesty to a fault you we do live in, yeah, we live in a society we can live in your own argument but um okay so this film is actually really good <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Think Antonio Banderas is in both films to be fair but yeah. um he is like all out just excellent in pain and glory yeah. he plays um you know a man in his 60s i guess uh, who's very weary and very uh i i guess a hypochondriac to a great extent but mm-hmm. also like he is just getting to that age where like he's just beginning to physically fall apart and he just finds like life a fucking ordeal um and then it's just like he reconnects with this um this actor who uh, starred in his, like, the film that put him on the map years ago. But Basically,
2: it, the Antonio Bandera yeah. character. Yeah. Like, it's weird. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and this this guy, he's a bit of a hothead, and his career, he's kind of fallen out of the spotlight because he's a big old heroin addict. Um, mm. And yeah, there's a lot of, like, really fun scenes of them just, like, hanging out and doing heroin together. It's true. <laughs> They're yeah. just, like, really good hangout scenes, which I was like, you know, it was very fifteen seventeen to Paris for me. I was just like, oh wow, these these just just you know guys being guys. <laughs> no, I'm just hanging out. But yeah. uh, but no, it's I don't know. It's just like as you'd expect from Dolphar, Just like all the characters are really well drawn. You kind of expected a character based on himself to be quite well drawn. <laughs> you know, Sweet, I, yeah. I liked it. And like all his films, it's beautifully poignant and and really funny and yes. and, and like just bright and colourful to look at yes yeah. great performances
0: great great yeah. cinematography great yeah. music great last shot
2: back when we uh, reviewed it like I don't know I felt like I was pretty indifferent towards it and I said like I feel like I'd appreciate it more if I was more familiar with his body of work and since then haven't watched any ah. so maybe that's three news resolution like, it, was, it was there's uh, a lot of yeah. good stuff
1: to yeah. catch up on man you've got you've yeah. got some
0: treats in store yeah. I think when we talked about it on the podcast, we talked about it in conjunction with another autobiographical auteurist film, the worst film of 2019, The Souvenir by Joanna Hogg. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't wait to watch Pain and Glory again. Yeah. I, really, I really dread watching The Souvenir Part 2, but I'm definitely going to watch it, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably yeah, going to do it. be Sight and Sound's favourite film of 2020. <clears throat> can't wait. Sam... <clears throat> Your number two, The Sight and Sound Story. What's it called?
2: Huh? (laughs) My number two, I think it's a bit contentious because I don't think, well, it didn't have a cinematic release, I don't think. And I think it's technically a 2018 film, but you know what? It's a banger, so it's in there. I won't talk about it. It's fucking happening. I do not care if we go down in history as barbarians. Um, Takes a long time to, to write, to type, it's quite a long film as well. And yeah, uh, it's actually so good. It's a Romanian film about um, like a young artist trying to mount like a public show, sort of like mm. a public spectacle, like sort of history play sort of thing, like a pageant, it's sort of hard to describe. It's like a weird like pu- like art show, like in the street with like a public audience or whatever. And um, it's about, she's trying to revise Romanian sort of national memory of their role in the Second World War, mm-hmm. right? Where they have a really heroic narrative about it, but she's saying the main character is like, trying to sh- demonstrate that like, they were basically involved in ethnic cleansing in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and like, they really like, relished it, and then they switched sides, um, and like, would have the good guys or whatever, Right. right? Um, and she's
0: telling that to her neighbours the children of these people
2: yeah she well no set like now Mm. it's set in like the 21st century Mm. and she's Mm. like you know like we have like an extremely monolithic um, interpretation of our um, role in the second world war and like we really need to you know reflect on this and interrogate it and it's like a really harrowing film like she's really faces loads of obstacles from like sort of civ- civic authorities sort of um, other like external creative directors and like partners uh, participants it sort of reminded me of um peter watkins la commune like uh right. which it uh, sort of um has actors or non-actors recreating the commune while like sort of discussing it, right? So there are scenes of them like playing it out, but also scenes of them like discussing what they're playing out, right? Mm. And people being like, this is sacrilegious or whatever. It's a really interesting film about national memory and um, sort of wrangling with these subjects in art. And yeah, I'd really recommend it. I do not care if we go down in History as Barbarians. It's a quote from the sort of uh, like Prime Minister or whatever of Romania I think Antonescu wow. or something um, yeah when he had like a trial after he said said this and that's the name of the film well it is really a terrific film sick title. also it's by the guy that directed Atherin which is uh, no I didn't know that yeah which is uh, uh, set in like 19th century Romania but is like a medieval film you know it's like yeah. really good anyway I think that's all I have to say about it I'd really recommend it
0: Excellent. Title of the Year, even though I haven't seen it. Yeah. If you got if you're calling your film yeah. I Do Not Care If We Go Down in History as Barbarians <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're a Legend. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: would have also been a good title for my number two. Yeah. If we finished mm. if we finished talking about it. Yeah, definitely. Another good title for that film would have been I Heard You Paint Houses. Great time. I think I that is the you. title. That is the <laughs> yeah. title. That is the, the words in the title card that come up at the start of the film. It is however titled the irishman i just thought i just haven't stopped thinking about it it was so good i still it's made every other martin scorsese film look better <laughs>
2: yeah 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 i thought you were gonna say it's yeah, like made them look like shit by comparison and i was like
1: yeah. i have had the opposite experience That's but nice no it's the done nice that yeah. the
0: levels of self exploration within your own art i mean the house that jack built came out last year a film in which Lars von Trier is reckoning with his own filmography and how problematic it is and he's like quoting himself Martin Scorsese got quoted a lot in other people's films this year but he he did
1: Mm.
0: things like the Anna Pekin character
2: things like just the mood the broad sweep of history like the the conspiracy theories you know Yeah.
1: yeah
0: it's so different to it wasn't what I was expecting at all, and as a text, it has so much to say. Just no matter how spurious it is, it feels like a last film, mm. or whatever. I hope it isn't because my score his. He killed it in this decade. I loved Silence. Yep. I loved all the documentaries he made. They were brilliant. But the, I,
1: I just adored it.
0: Like, yeah, it blew me away. But it wasn't my number one. Jack What was your number one film of 2019?
1: (laughs) My number one film of 2019 was The Irishman. Great choice. Or rather, sorry, it was I Heard You Paint Houses, the uh, Martin Scorsese film. And, yeah, like, this film is, is so, so good. I, for one, like welcome the return of Robert De Niro, serious actor. I know he, he occasionally appears in stuff where he's alright or the film's alright. Like he's not, I think he's pretty good in Joker. He's um, Yeah. He's, he was one of the better things in that David O. Russell film Joy that came out a few years ago. Did not like that. Not a yeah. good film but De Niro's really funny and yeah, sure. uh, he, bring, he brings a uh, Yeah. But I think he's so good in The Irishman leaving aside that he's I'd say one of the principal authors of the film that he Mm -hmm. was essential to the project as a Mm -hmm. producer Mm -hmm. um, in just like his uh, commitment to the role and his his interest in it it's not like you know I'm sure maybe he didn't put himself through the same like physical strains as he
2: has for roles when he's younger but um, I'd say in that respect maybe compared to like her smell where Elizabeth Moss took like a very active producer role and like you know um, it's like it's nice to see these like things. Yeah. Play or, out or like Brad that Pitt
0: when he when he played that uh, Jesus-esque carpenter in Twelve Years a Slave. Uh, <laughs> oh <my laughs> God. Yeah, Okay, that's <laughs> probably an <laughs> example
1: of where that shit doesn't work. But De Niro, I thought, was brilliant in this film. Like, yeah. just as this this like total sociopath who he's like he's he's not intelligent, but he's got kind of street smarts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not articulate, but he can kind of like at times explode mm-hmm. and it's not it's still not in the way that like de niro the like 1970s firecracker exploded but you know for, for most of this film he's playing at least like a middle-aged man mm-hmm. he's not supposed to be actually young in most of it so i think that his whole like defeated and weary edge even for a man who's like at the top of his career as a union organizer slash hitman sure. like uh i think it really works and it's- Joe Pesci is probably even better.
0: Mm. That's the that's an amazing performance from Pesci. Um, I like De Niro again. I don't really rate him as an actor these days. This film to me is like a more Brussonian film than Taxi Driver, because he's doing that model thing. He's not acting like he's acting, but so deeply like under his skin that like so non expressive. As you say, he plays a total sociopath. Yeah, someone who can't communicate with his family. Can't communicate with his boss Can't communicate with anyone And You know what's going on Because you're spending so much time with him Yeah And he's in every single fucking scene Pretty much
1: He's a guy He plays a guy who's basically got no social skills But he's Like just a really Solid professional Right Because he he was in
0: the war And he was really good at the war That's like Mm -hmm. the American Government or whatever Equipped him with the skills to be an agent of corruption just and facilitate the kennedy assassination and yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah the yeah cri-
1: totally like the mob did jfk yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> presumably um, rfk <laughs> yeah that certainly
2: definitely implied
1: in. um <sighs> and and oh there's so much like interesting like politics and history stuff in the film just like uh, that little scene where joe pesci's like cuba that fucking prick castro it's like we want to get we want to get back into Cuba and open up the casinos
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. such a depressing vision of American 20th century yes history. Like, sweeping like epic one of the narrative sort of main takeaways for me like I guess like it has like an extreme like elegiac feel anyway and it's all about like memory and like mm. I don't know regret or duty and like all these like heavy like Catholic guilt um, yeah. as well oh well yeah but um you liked it right yeah I did it didn't Can make my conspicuous by its absence maybe. in yeah. your top five <laughs> yeah so I guess stuff like this Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Joker Even Knives Out Ad Astra good mate. I guess for the Irishman specifically because you man had it like we were talking about it anyway mm. so I didn't feel like I, mm. I wanted to represent differently as well yeah
0: it would have somewhere. won the game though if we were playing but <laughs> yeah
2: i think yeah, yeah, it has from yeah. just one and two you know yeah i do know people still that haven't seen it because like they can't make the time to watch it no <laughs> yeah totally yeah, i, I think, know a lot yeah. of
0: people who saw it and didn't really like it yeah. and they watched it just on netflix and found it boring we,
2: saw, yeah. it, enough, we so saw it in tough. cinema and i feel like that really impacted on our appreciation of it at the time and sculpting you know, in time merit. yeah exactly <laughs> like Oh, uh, it's a really impressive film, and as you said, like it's really the sort of like feels like a real final say almost. But I hope he makes some yeah. other stupid film, some oh, children's
0: I... film, or another like F for Fake esque documentary full of lies.
1: Yeah, fake news documentary. Yes, because I I was gonna say like it it's a very like old man kind of film. You know, it's uh, it's a it's a it's a, it's a film that's got weariness right down to its bones, but. That feels like an artistic choice when you consider Scorsese's recent output. Um, I mean, the Wolf of Wall Street is one of the most energetic films I've ever seen. But even aside from that, the Bob Dylan documentary that he made for Netflix this year—amazing. Having two Martin Scorsese films just beamed into the comfort of your own home <laughs> in the space of a year. Yeah, um, he's it just zips along, you know, the, the um, Bob Dylan one. Like it's it's a it's another like rollicking ride from him, and that's like not even. And that's, you know, an ostensibly fact-based film. So it's not kind of like... I don't feel like he's tired. I don't feel like he's winding it up. Like, The Irishman definitely feels like a summation of something. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I really do. Uh, I hope it's not a final film. And there's, you know, there's talk that he and De Niro are developing another film currently in which De Niro is going to star alongside another longtime collaborator of uh, Scorsese's Leonardo DiCaprio. Is it? <coughs> yeah. I didn't know about that. I was going to say what I liked about The Irishman, Silence,
0: and The Rolling Thunder was that they were all films that Scorsese's been trying to make for, like, 30 years. Yeah. And he made them all in, like, a two-year time
2: period. Yeah.
1: I prefer Silence
2: honest. to the Irishman. Yeah, I, I, I like both films. But, yeah, and that similarly actually has, like, a... That's like a sort of life story as well, mm, I mean, yeah. isn't it? Um,
0: about like the things you can't reconcile.
2: I thought that was a brilliant film actually. Betraying yourself. <sighs> Classic. Yeah, I can't really recommend it highly enough to be honest. <laughs> I guess it's it's almost like conservative
1: to say but, you know, they're not making movies like this anymore. You know, it's great <laughs> that they're still making movies like this because they aren't for the most part like this film is and i guess a couple of i you know i shouted out the mule and once upon a time in america as well but there's a certain type of film that's like adventurous but also you know fairly big um, proper
0: film proper haircut yeah exactly yeah and it's
1: not really being made much anymore and like the only people who can make that kind of film are people who've like got an enormous brand and that's like a small handful of directors that is your tarantino your eastwood your your uh, scorsese you know your... like mainly <laughs> on <old> white men <laughs> it's true so yeah i mean like huge but no one wears a cape like i think that's why i valued this so much you know wow someone put the money up for this thing even if it was our overlords at netflix like thank you netflix that's
0: great now yeah no it's true (laughs) i'm glad it exists thank you 2019 for not much but thank you for the irishman sam's story what was your favorite film of 2019
2: yeah my number one corpus christi dang uh polish film by jan kamasa it's, uh, it has, like, an insane performance by this guy, uh, Bartosz Bielenia. Mm. Apologies for the butchery there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's about... I mean, I, re- I reviewed it in, like, literally our most recent episode, I think, like, the... It um, only came out yesterday. Yeah, but I'm still going to go for it. Like, it's, uh, in in brief, it's about, like, sort of, like... In brief, it's just about, like, a ex-con, um, like, young dude... Who in Warsaw that gets sent to like rural Poland, where he like sort of takes on the identity of the local priest, basically, and like ministers to the community, and like it's a really um, powerful film.
0: Hopefully, it'll win best foreign language feature at the Oscars. It nominated it's in the shortlist yes
2: Ooh. i really don't know i, I guess because i reviewed it so recently like i don't have an awful lot more to say about it but i really would recommend trying to check it out i can't wait to see it i mean compared to something like the irishman which is like a, a epic told over like decades this is like a very self-contained story it starts in a prison and it ends in one as well
0: my um, art my <laughs> art and it's a, it's a crowd-pleasing film right
2: yeah honestly like it's the central performance is really amazing like the i don't really know what to compare it to almost like son of saul or something Uh like where the guy's like always in the frame it feels Mm. like he is like you know it's like his story and thematically very rich it's all about trauma all this i i feel like all of mine have been like real pressies but all i can say is please just uh, check it out it's my number one corpus christi emmett Another what? Eastern European. Uh, We're passing it's around the Bailey's. Banger here, mate.
0: We're getting right to the end. Yeah, really.
2: Real Gates hours. Yes.
0: <laughs> My number one film of the year is Sunset by Laszlo Nemesh. It's so <laughs> fucking good.
1: What's the crack then?
0: Okay, it's made by
1: La- that guy um, <laughs> who made Son of Saul. You seen that? Oh, I heard about it. That's a, a concentration camp. Yes. Drama
0: really great film as a debut feature um, definitely one of the debut features of the decade I don't sound like Greg Turkington saying that but I think that's Son
2: of Saul yeah, yeah. yeah. it's an insane film man. And it's a real cool. feat of I oh, I don't think Greg, Greg would like Saul. it no no no, no, no. <laughs> but uh, what's Sunset about
0: well it's a spiritual sequel um, well the maddest thing about *Sun of Saul is that he's got the camera following around the one protagonist around the whole scene right Sunset has the same technique but it's about like a 19 year old girl who's working in a haberdasher's in budapest in 1913 and some seismic world events are about to happen but this is a 100 percent subjective experience of being a worker in a like bewildering institutional den of corruption and the fact is that the upper class are have a paedophile conspiracy going on and they are their whole business revolves around that and they are generating wealth and work to maintain power in like a pre-revolution setting, in like a real like last days of establishment empire thing. There are some absolutely insane sequences in this film. There's what there's a terrorist
2: attack at a like ball. I'd just jump in here and say like the fact that it's all sort of subjective and you always feel like you're on like the fringes of action like it almost feels like nothing happens in the film yeah because but so much is happening (laughs) it's all like marginal it's like an epic
0: and the the cinematography the acting costumes the the production design the music everything that like contributes to like making a great piece of cinema it's like here a lot of people didn't like this film when it was premiering i think it premiered at venice in 2018 a lot of people thought it was just like ridiculous but i mean the message of the film is so powerful you have no idea how deep this corruption shit is. But that's not why it's the best film of the year. But it's form and content, marriage story. You know.
1: <laughs> Do you think like and divorce story, Eastern, Western Europe? Do you think like uh, you were saying on a previous episode about Eyes Wide Shut? It's gained some some relevance with the the age of epstein i didn't even know about jeffrey
0: epstein when i watched this film i knew it was true anyway that's one of the maddest things about the film but there's so many mad things about this film sunset like best film of 2019 and it was very underseen.
2: Uh, it's already been sold for a fiver or i don't remember the plot strain that you're talking about
0: when you find out what's really going on it's not even a spoiler because you know what's going on yeah. like from the start but like the harrowing nature of the review, it's like The Wicker Man or something, is even deeper and that is society on the brink of a collapse, on the brink of a revolution. And it's a beautiful portrayal of that. I've never seen a film really that like it, apart from Son At All, which is a completely different story, told in the same way.
2: Yeah, just the way he does it, man, it's just, uh, it's so intense. He's a master, man.
0: He really is. I look forward to grazing on his third feature.
2: All also, these films yeah. I've been trying to talk about inside film with you the year, I'm just
0: hopelessly inarticulate about why they're good. But like, yeah, I guess it's... They're really good and you lot should fucking watch that shit. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I guess it's just the ones where there's like a reverie, you know? Thanks so
0: much for listening to Film Graze. This has been our most epic Satan Tango-esque episode Yeah. <laughs> Jack, thanks so much for joining us. Your yes, insights have been yeah. very valuable and your praxis as a cultural (laughs) actor is very admirable and it's great that you've been on the podcast thank you yeah thanks a lot man it's been a
2: real honor um sam thank
0: you for making podcasts with me in 2019
2: yeah and dear listener if you're out there please stay (laughs) tuned for you know the next batch they're in the oven right now (laughs) so <laughs> Some of them are
0: unfinished here, but they will be released yeah. in 2020, if not 2019. All right. Solemn promise. Love you yeah. lot. Hope you enjoyed the soundtrack. <laughs> Follow up the accounts at Film Greys on Letterboxd.
1: Film of the Year on Cinema uh, Oscars special.
0: I haven't seen it yet.
1: Oh. Well, that's my real number one. <laughs> Good shot. Two and a, shout. and a half hours of bravura improvisational comedy. They are
0: always. They always kill it. Um, Actor of the year, Tim Heidecker. Yeah, every year. (laughs) Man of the year, Greg Turkington. Man of the year, Sam Story. Great. Man of the year, (laughs) Phil Graves. (laughs) Not the Twitter account. Yeah. Okay. Phil Graves, great man. In 2020, he's going to be walking around the
2: earth with big strides. Yeah? Alright, nice one. Until the next one. Yeah, same. to me. Well, I don't like
1: talking to myself Cause someone's gotta say it Hell, i mean things have not, been going well It's time I think to see, like I finally fucked myself see the life like my living I'm to giving in, I'm the same old wreck I've always been, when I see her in the park, it barely merits a remark, how we stand the fit, stand her distant, distant strength.